Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. My name is Claudia Miller and I'm a career coach and I help career-driven women get the jobs they want at salaries they love. And then even during COVID, I've been able to help clients get jobs within 90 days or less and even get up to $100,000 in salary increases. So because of my... Because no, my I'm clients- in awe over here. I'm, I'm, don't, don't mind me. I'm just really excited for everyone listening because this is right on time. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, ahead. no, I'm excited to um, share a lot of my expertise and insights with your listeners. Um, but you know what I wanted to say really quickly is you know because of my client success, like the you know the women that I've worked with are you know they don't come from Ivy League degrees or they don't come from like a big network where you know they can have someone refer them. It's really like they are like you and I, we're ambitious, we're driven, uh, and they've been able to get these successes. And because of it, you know, I've been featured in Forbes, MSNBC, and Business Insider named me one of the top 23 most innovative career coaches of 2020. Well, geez Louise, y'all, we got lucky today. We really, <laughs> really, really landed the jackpot. And when, we're going to have to have you come back if you're able to, to expand on this because we're not going to be able to stuff all of the goodies into this 20 minute chat. Um, we're going to, we're going to have to really focus in on one thing here, but um, you're clearly a wealth of knowledge and thank you for doing the work that you do because as a licensed marriage and family therapist, one of the biggest concerns that clients come in with that I hadn't thought of previously was career and mm-hmm. how unhappy people were in their careers, how uh, unsatisfied, unfulfilled, and how much stress um, their jobs were actually creating in their lives. And so for you to work to support people in being able to find work that isn't just going to pay the bills, but is also going to be fulfilling, also going to help people to, to you know, feel like they're contributing, you know, in, in their organization or in society is like, to me, like you're helping mental health as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you for the work that you do. How is it that you found yourself, you know, in this industry? Well, for personal reasons, and when I mean that, it's because I needed to know how to navigate this space. You know, I I consider myself very ambitious and driven. Where you know, I you know, I had a full ride scholarship from Bill and Melinda Gates, where they paid for my bachelor's and my master's. You know, got good grades. I interned. I joined extracurricular activities. I feel like I checked off a lot of the boxes. So when it came to graduation, I'm thinking, all right. I, the interviews are going to be pouring in and I'm going to handpick um, the job offers and they're going to be competing for me. And the sad reality is that's not what happened. I had one interview. Thankfully, they gave me a job, but I just felt crushed. I felt like a failure. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm very driven and I'm like a you know straight A student type of person. And then the fact that I didn't get any interviews, I felt like nobody wanted me. It's like, I did everything. What else could you have asked for? Like I had experience and, you know, I did those internships and it was really um, hurtful. Um, you know, I kind of went to like a sad, depressed state for a few days because I'm like, I don't know what else I could have done. Right. I I just felt distraught and I just, you know, scared and nervous and felt vulnerable. But um, that's when I knew that clearly there was something I'm missing. 
I went to school and everything, but it's not something they taught me at school because I would have learned it. So it's it, I had to figure this out on my own. Otherwise, I was going to be in this situation again for the rest of my life. And that's when I said, like, I, it was a journey that I embarked and I, it was for personal reasons. It's how can I figure this out? Because I'm the first one in my family um, to graduate from high school, let alone college and get, you know, a grad school degree. So it wasn't like I can go to my mom and my dad or anyone in my family with this situation. How do I navigate, you know, corporate America? And I felt like there was a lot of, there wasn't a lot of information or I just didn't realize it for especially someone like me. You know, I'm Latina. I'm a person of women of color. And I just, I, I don't know. I just felt like stuck. I, I felt like my hands were tied. So I really made it a goal to like, I need to figure out this side because if I expect or want career acceleration, girls that make six figures and everything and be successful, I needed to learn all the things that I needed to do, whether it's networking or, you know, getting noticed and promoted. So I, I really spent at least about three to four years just immersing myself into the information where I hired career coaches, resume writers, I read books, I reached out to people that, you know, were featured in Business Insider that were making six figures at the age of 25. And I just reached out to as many people as I could, even though I had no connections, nobody knew me. And a lot of them were very helpful. And they, you know, they got on a call with me or they answered emails. And finally, it's like I cracked the code. I was finally able to do it. I pivoted industries, never worked in the hospital setting and got a $30,000 sale increase. And then I was handpicked by the CEO within months because of the success I had in that role, which they were originally looking for someone with a nursing degree. And I have no clinical degree whatsoever or clinical experience. And then I did it again and I wanted to move on the for-profit side and I got another $30,000 sale increase. So I was able to do that multiple times. And even in my last job, um, they actually offered me, the company I was working at offered me another job with originally 8% salary increase because, you know, it's an internal promotion. And I said, no, I know that you're looking for an internal candidate with my expertise and I can help you deliver A, B, and C. So I'm looking for a salary of blank, you know, and they're like, well, we can't really do that. We only give 8% increases. I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, I respectfully decline the offer then. That was it. And within 24 hours, all of a sudden, they found the money and were able to meet my salary requirements. But, you know, that's just to show you that I literally didn't know anything. I, I barely, like, there was barely, no one was noticing me. No one gave me not even an interview. Then going now to the other side where I can command, like, if I want a job, I can get it, you know, quickly. If I want to get another thirty, fifty, eighty thousand dollars salary increase, I can do it. And, that's what I love about showing about my clients how to do it. My clients, you know, I've been perfecting now this framework and strategy now for seven plus years where my clients, you know, even during COVID were able to get 100K salary increases. And that's what I love about doing it. And that's how I got into like career coaching. Wow. What a powerful story. Honestly, you know, I think it's one thing to have expertise as far as uh, the book knowledge and, you know, all of that. But I think it's something different to have had the experience yourself. And so you went through it and because you went through it, that gave you a different energy about it, gave you a different lens um, because you know what it feels like. You know how your clients feel. You know how vulnerable, how scared, how confused, because you're like, wait a minute, this is not how things were supposed to go. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, how let down they sometimes feel, which I'm sure makes it easier for you to connect with them. And I, there's so many juicy nuggets that you mentioned. My brain is going in 10 different directions. <laughs> but what I really think 
and it's kind of a theme recently, um, and I talk, talk to people about this all the time, is the ability to have boundaries and to be able to say no. And that can only come from really having a clear idea of what what kind of asset that you are. So when you know they offered you that position and they're saying, hey, like this is what we can do to have you fill this position, you are able to decline because you knew that what you are adding to the organization exceeded what they were offering to you. And I think that's a huge piece that, you know, sometimes people um, are missing and that it's scary to say no. <laughs> so so we're thinking, because we live in a society where um, we're used to like incremental, incremental increases. So we're expecting, if you work at the government, like I used to work at the county and like, they tell you, you're probably going to get about this much of an increase the first year. And you'll probably get about this much of an increase in the first Mm -hmm. three years, five years or whatever. But when you can really clearly communicate the way that you're adding value, um, then you're able to have some negotiation power. So can you talk about like, how someone can become more empowered to say no when something isn't a good fit? Well, the reason why it was easy for me to say no is because I already had networked. So I knew about the role in itself, what the responsibilities were, were going to be. So I knew that if I were to accept the job and receive an 8% increase, I would have been miserable, especially knowing that it's going to be a lot of time. It's going to be a lot of work and I'm only getting paid this much. And I already had done my research. I know like this job could be paying, you know, almost 20 to $25,000 more. And I know that I would have hated myself and hated the job and probably would have left that job and then finally gotten my, you know, the market rate that they're willing to pay. So instead of putting the company myself through that, I just said, no, like, if it's not this, I'm not interested, just, just respectfully decline. But again, I was leading with value. It's not like I just showed up and they were like, Claudia, we want to hire you. It wasn't anything like that, but I had to showcase my value. And it's all about networking and asking the right questions, you know, if you're an internal employee and you're applying for a position within the company, then you can say, well, you know, why, what are the advantages of hiring someone internal as opposed to someone external? And let them tell you why, and then use that during your closing statement. It's like asking the answers to the test. But same thing, if you're an external candidate, ask, you know, what is the value of hiring someone externally as opposed to internally? And then again, you can use that for your business case. So it's really about how to frame and brand yourself. And we, I worked for a company where it was intellectual proprietary information, meaning the system we had, it's not like you can, nobody from the outside company would have to, it has to be somebody within the company because the company developed it and only we used it. So that's, again, I asked, what is the value? Well, we're actually only looking for internally because we need somebody that could get to speed already with the system and we need somebody to go full force and, you know, within a month or so. Great. Well, you know, based on my research and the responsibilities and what you mentioned, you know, I'm looking for a salary of blank, you know, you know, can we close that gap? And then just staying quiet. And again, I, you know, by this time I already have built rapport. I have shown my value. So that's why it was easy for them to say, you know what, this is, this is not common. We only do 8%, but let me see what I can do because I really want to hire you and we really need to get up to speed. And then they finally, they came back and, and to be honest, at that point, um, you know, I had, I kept asking more questions and at the end, I just knew that it wasn't for me. I, even mm-hmm. though they came back with the salary, cause it would end up being around $35,000 more. And at that point I knew I, I just wasn't interested and 
I ended up declining the offer, but again, I was confident because I'd done the research. I knew that I am not taking this job. If it's, if it's nothing less than this, I am not interested, but it all comes with preparation. And of course I practice this day in and day out where I'm able to say that eloquently, conversationally, I'm not, you know, scared or come out as frightened or quivering. It comes through practice and, you know, clearly I wasn't really good at it a few years ago, but it's through a lot of this preparation that now I can confidently say no. And my clients can say no, where, you know, some of them get approached by recruiters. And just to give you a quick example, when I met her, she was making around 70 took a job for 90. I knew she could get paid 150. So she took the 90 K job a year later. She said, you're right, Claudia. Everyone's getting paid around 140, 150. I should have listened to you. I want a 150 K job. We got her 150 K job. Three months later, Google and Facebook are knocking on her door saying, Hey, we want you to interview. And you know what she said? She said, you know what? Um, I'm currently not looking, but, um, you know, currently I'm very happy where I'm at work. But I will entertain our conversation or I'm willing to have a conversation if it's a salary of at least 200000 And then that's it. They're like, you know what? We can make it work or, you know, let's talk and then we can negotiate that. Because she knew she doesn't need Google right now. She's happy where she's at. She has a really great job. She made a good salary increase. She had a great team. Like everything was perfect. So the only thing for her to leave is make it worthwhile for her. And for that at that time was that salary and that title. And, you know, now she's in conversations with them. (laughs) Oh, I swear you're like my new best friend because I think I just love talking about these topics. It's so fun for me because it really is a space where um, there's so much gray area because this is not what we learn in school. This isn't necessarily, you know, like we go and we get our education. I don't know. I can't speak for every university around the world, but like our universities educated us to be, to specialize in something. They didn't educate us to learn how to brand ourselves, to be able to learn how to communicate in a way that helps us to um, land positions and actually be compensated appropriately for those said positions. And so again, like anyone who's listening, if you haven't been taking notes, you're going to have to rewind and go back. And literally, I dare you to write down everything that she's saying. She's giving you the playbook right now. She said mm-hmm. that she has a network. That means that not just a network that someone's going to you know, get you in a room or get you a job or put in a good word, but it's that you can have conversations with people that are at certain levels that are, you know, that know about positions. And then you're going to have the insight to be able to go into your interviews feeling more confident. She also said the preparation is key. So you need to be a student to be able to go into an interview, to be able to educate them on the things that they might be missing or that you can help them to be able to resolve or or manage or deal with. Um, and so all the things that you're mentioning are just like golden nuggets to my ears. Even though I don't work a nine to five anymore, I love that you mentioned the branding piece because you are essentially like your own business, even if you work at an organization. You have to know how you're adding value, what problems you're solving, what purpose your role plays in your position to be able to to articulate that, but to execute at a high level as well so that you can lead with value and not just go in, you know, entitled like, oh, I should have a raise or like I, I should get more money just because there has to be a reason because 
businesses are profit driven. Like <laughs> there is not just for fun, um, that they're, that they're running businesses. It really has to do with, you know, the, the logistics and the revenue they're able to generate or the revenue you're able to save them. Um, that's going to make a huge difference. And so, uh, those are some advanced tips, right. For someone who's already in a position and maybe, you know, looking to move up. Um, but what would you say for like a beginner, like you mentioned, you came out of school thinking that people were going to be dueling over you. And that wasn't the case. So for, for someone who's like, I'm just getting started or I'm not really sure, you know, of what direction, what would you say for a newbie as far as breaking into a career that they care about? Yeah. So I, same thing, network. Um, even if you're, you know, this is your first time, first job out of college, you can still negotiate. Actually, I had a client where she hadn't even graduated college yet. So she had about seven, eight months and she got offered a job. Most of her friends were making like 30, 40K. I mean, everyone just graduated college. And they were a year older than her. And they got she got offered 60,000. And she was like, oh my God, this is so much more than my friends make. And this is a great salary. And she had been following me. So we we talked and I told her, okay, well, based on what the research we did and reach out to people, she realized, well, they actually, there's some jobs like I can do. I did this at my internship where I did this in a class. So it says I could actually ask for 75, but that's like, that's a lot of money. And we practiced through it. Of course, she's scared. I'm not saying this is so easy where you can wake up when you're like, oh, I'm ready to negotiate. No, it takes practice. But she practiced. She's like, oh, I almost felt like I needed to throw up right before the conversation. And she went in and said, you know, um, I'm so excited. Thanks again for the job offer. Um, you know, I had some, I had a, I had an opportunity to look over, you know, like the roles and responsibilities and what the market rate uh, compensation is. I'm actually looking for a salary of 75000 Is there any way we can close that gap? So it was probably like a five, 10 minute conversation. And then they told her, okay, we can't do 75. We'll do 70. But once you graduate, we'll give you the 75. And I mean, she was like 21, 22 at this point. And already within six to eight months, she was already going to have a $75,000 salary. So it doesn't matter if you're starting out or not, you can still negotiate. What I like to tell people is think of it as a house. If you bought a house for $100,000 and I told you, you're, you're, you want to see what the market was willing to pay for your house. And I tell you, just said, I want to pay $300,000 for that house. You're like your house, $300,000. Are you really going to say, you know, Claudia, no, I bought it for a hundred. It's only right that I sell it to you for 120,000. And that's what most people do with their salary. Oh, I'm making 60. It's only right that I make about maybe 65, 68,000. And you base your next salary based on what you're currently making, which to me makes no sense. Charge what the market is paying. You might be like, I have clients where they come to me and they'll tell me you know, I'm making 60,000. And I look at the market rate and we do research. I'm like, you're doing a $90,000 job. Let's get you the 90,000 in the next three months or so. And sometimes they'll tell me, you know, Claudia, it just, maybe in a year or two, maybe I can make that much. No, you can make that in less than three months. We just need to go look for it. And then they're surprised because they're so anchored of, I'm making 60, so I, I can't be making those big leaps. Once I realized that I can make big leaps, I said, if it's not less than thirty dollars to $40,000 sound increases, I don't want it. I'm not even going to entertain it. I'm not even going to apply. Like, don't talk to me. And that's why I kept getting big salary increases, big jumps, because I set my boundary. I did research and then my clients do the same. And like I said, you don't need to be an expert. I was never an expert. I 
uh, transition into industries and jobs I've never had before, but I know how to get results. And, you know, I, I don't need to spend 10 years to get so many results. And if you're trying to think like, well, how can you be an expert and get re- quick results if you have no experience? I just reached out to people that have been in the world that I'm about to start and ask them like, you know, what are your best practices? What have been some of your achievements? How did you do that? How did you identify? What would you consider low hanging fruit? And then they gave me the playbook and then I just applied it to my job. And then all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, disproportionate results within six months, my first six months in the, on the job. That's it. I don't need to be an expert. I just reach out to people that have done it and then I implement and execute. So anyone has the ability to negotiate. And how do you know you can negotiate? If you're interviewing, clearly you have something they want. You're in a power to negotiate. If you're currently employed, clearly you have the skills and that's why you're working there. You can negotiate. So no matter where you are, and we're like, well, I'm an unemployed. Well, if you get those interviews, clearly, again, you have the skill set they want. You can negotiate. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Again, y'all, I'm so dead serious when I say you should probably listen to this episode twice, at least. This is actually, you should probably like star it or flag it or something like that because it does take practice. And she gave you so many nuggets, like all of these things that she's saying, you know, are are the playbook, but each one of them is a skill within itself. Networking is a skill within itself. Being able to negotiate is a skill within itself. Being able to do the market research is a skill within itself. And so you're going to have to write down the whole playbook, but you're going to have to go back and probably tap in, okay, with Claudia because you may need support. And one of the other things is like, yes, can you do this on your own? People have done it. Like you made it happen, right? But not really because you reached out to people and you asked questions and whatnot, right? But if you want to be able to have significant increases in your income, you should be willing to, if you're able, to invest so that you can secure those increases in your income. Because what doesn't make sense to me is for someone to want a huge leap in their income without having invested time, energy, effort, and money, y'all, okay? So you need to go ahead and get you an expert career coach that's been featured in Forbes like Claudia. You need to make sure that you're you know, working with someone who has the backing and the framework and the playbook that you can replicate instead of trying to figure it out on your own. Because you can do it that way. But when you go to Disneyland, you'd be mad when you see somebody who has the fast pass. So if you (laughs) want the fast pass, then what you need to do is tap in with the right people. And so I would love for you to kind of let us know where people can stay in contact with you and continue to learn. I'm going to be tapping in too. I don't even work a nine to five. I just love, (laughs) I just love the knowledge, but where can we stay in contact? At my website, ClaudiaTMiller.com. And there I share a lot of resources. And then, you know, some of your listeners want, they can schedule a 30-minute career strategy call with me where if I'm able to help you, I'll let you know. If I can't, I'll tell you or I'll refer you to the right person that may be able to help you. But again, it's on my website, ClaudiaTMiller.com. And of course, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, not Twitter. I, I, can, I still don't know. I feel like I'm a millennial, but Twitter just overwhelms me. <laughs> but... I don't know how to use Twitter to this day. I literally no. don't understand. So you're not alone. <laughs> okay, good. So listen, y'all, she just opened the door and said that you can book a 30-minute strategy call with her. I don't know if y'all really understand the value of people's time 
but she's willing to be able to sit down. If you're serious, not curious, to be able to learn more about whether you would be a good fit. And that's how you know you're working with a real one, because someone who really knows their stuff is going to be able to tell you we're actually not a good fit and you need to go see so-and-so or you need to look into doing X, Y, and Z because she's a specialist. So if you're a good fit and she says so, that means she knows she can help you get results. And if it's not her, she knows who to connect you with or what information or resources to connect you with to be able to get results. And that's what, you know, in a world where a lot of people are worried about, you know, their investment being return to them is a huge indicator that should allow you to have more trust is that if someone's telling you that they can fix all your problems, then run in the other direction. (laughs) But if someone is very clear about their boundaries and what they can and cannot do and what they can and cannot provide for you in the form of results, then that is a clear indicator that they have integrity and that they, you know, have respect and they know what their limitations are um, so that you can actually, you know, not waste your time and waste their time. You and everyone can be friends at the end of the day, you know? And so um, I truly appreciate you for spending this time chatting with us. I'm already going to be like, so when do you want to come back and keep chatting? Um, Such good information. And I got goosebumps when you were saying, you know, people can book a strategy call with you because I'm just thinking about the ladies listening. And for those who are the action takers, who are going to feel this little thing that says, maybe I need to talk to her. And that follow through on that voice, it literally is giving me goosebumps again, that your life can look drastically different three, six, 12 months from now from that one action that you've taken. So I thank you again for being on today. So generous with your time and with your information. And we're definitely going to make sure that we support you and keep cheering you on in this process. Thank you. And thanks again for having me. And I hope your listeners, um, you know, found my advice or insights helpful. And of course, if you implement anything, um, give a review on the podcast and let us know what you did. Uh, so that way we can, you know, learn about it. Cause I'm always excited to hear when somebody implements and then gets results. All right, gems, we will talk to you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.